0: Yakmala, Yakmala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I am super-duper-duper duper happy to be joined by my good friends. And I have... and I have... oh, oh, James Cotta. <laughs> you seem very happy. I know, Yeah. so happy. <laughs> yes.
1: I did not expect to hear somebody... Um, yeah. Orgasming, saying <laughs> <Yeah, St>. James <laughs> a little, got his name. A little zug zug right off the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a
2: little uncomfortable, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm ready to go. I've got, I've opened
0: my beer, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the zone. You're in the zone. Good, good. That's very good. And we have Nick Boxer. We did. I thought we did. <laughs>
1: We don't have Nick Boxer. That's okay. I'm here.
0: Sorry.
3: I'm here, and I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Unfortunately, I have trouble with mics. Uh, Greetings and salutations.
0: (laughs) And then rounding out our... And I'll add a duper. uh, (laughs) I know you will. Rounding out our quartet of uh, of oddities. Um, Let's see now. Uh, What's your name this time? Uh, Jack Hall. Oh. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> the,
1: the king of the king of zug, zug you may call him.
0: <laughs> the king of zug, zug okay <laughs> well here on the cult film showdown we love our zug, zug. and we also um do we love our caveman because uh because that's what we're talking about this time some ringo star caveman action in the 85 minutes of fame and so james this one's yours so tell us 85 well that's that's right. Eighty five minutes of fame is the every uh film
2: we bring this season uh features someone who is famous for something other than film, uh that made their the very, very very extremely well known name in this case. Um uh, who is uh known for uh, for a band he played with for a while. Uh really? I thought he yeah. was an yeah. actor first. Ring Ringo's Ringo's All Stars. All Star Band, Ringo, yeah, exactly.
0: Ringo star of the All Star most Band. Most people yeah.
2: will know him from, yeah exactly
0: Not all right uh, fair enough but uh, but you you have of course heard of cavemen and i don't know if you've heard this is the best news that we'll have all day is that Nick is going to explain Caveman to us.
3: <laughs> for, a, for a second uh, there, I thought you were going to announce there's a sequel in the works to Caveman.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Especially oh. if it still can star Ringo Starr, then that's that's yes. all we ask for. Well, oh, he's, he's the only he, one we voice got voice left. Voice so. to sign autographs. Really? No, Paul, Paul <laughs> I don't know who's alive and
3: who's dead. All right, so... Ringo Starr stars in this largely wordless film, or sorry, language-free film, where he stars as the weakest member of a caveman clan, clan. after he is exiled from the clan for uh, the attempted rape of the headman's mistress, or wife, or woman,
1: that's not why comedic- he's banned. He's banned because he ended up in the
3: bed with the, with the, uh, with the head of the dude. Yeah, no, I'm saying it ends in a comedic fashion. So, you know, it's not a serious <laughs> Oh, the
1: whole thing. It's, oh, rape, it's not a serious rape. In man rape culture is hilarious.
3: Is
0: I don't know how many times we've had to say that.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. It really shouldn't come up this much. <laughs>
0: Uh, so <laughs>
1: we Ringo, should stop Ringo watching these
3: He reteams with a former exilee, uh, played by De- Dennis Quaid, out in the wilderness. And they happen upon uh, Una, played by uh, Shelley Long, and her father, Tala. a blind man who's wandering out there. And the four sort of uh, form their own clan through a series of trials and errors. They make all sorts of technological and philosophical uh, type uh advancements and they sort of learn to survive all the time sort of living in fear of the big bad clan up on the hill uh this new clan starts to gain members and they continue to make uh, discoveries until there's an incident that sort of forces everybody together and uh Ringo Star and his clan, clan defeat the headman, and they rejoin the tribe, and they all live happily ever after. For a short, brief
2: time. You know, you know, y- you talk about the about the the uncomfortable scene as we're watching it now of uh, of caveman and cavewoman rape, um, but this time more than any other, I get to say it was a different time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Finally, that's truly accurate.
3: <laughs> well, he did have the skimpiest uh, uh, loin cloth, so I guess that was like justification. I don't know. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable, actually. Very it was funny yeah, really as hell, but... <laughs> I don't know that it's... Uh,
1: I don't know, man. It, it's, it's really one of those things where you can say, sure, this was 40 years ago, but seriously, <laughs> and I know they're cavemen, but... Seriously, I'm watching this and going, it's a rape scene where they're playing bolero, and as <laughs> the music theme, and it's supposed to be funny, and I'm like, eh, eh, maybe uh, Kyle rape is not the uh, comedic genius that he thinks he is when he wrote this.
2: You know, it's, it's 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 funny to me that if that if this scene was a was in a cartoon, it would seem gentler, like it it wouldn't seem as like he's about to rape her kind of scene. <laughs> but it is it like, it's, like a, a, it's a cartoonish type. Movie it has that, that way, uh, Ollie Oop type vibe to it. it. Yeah. Like, you know, hitting her in the head with a, you know, with a stick and bringing her back to your cave kind of moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which we associate of course, with the caveman, Thing, yeah. you know, it's just like you see what you want, you hit it on the head, you take it, and that's yeah. that's the way it is, you know. But I think the problem was, uh, to a certain degree, is that this didn't establish itself as that to begin with. It kind of established itself as a as a kinder gentler, you know, caveman okay, story, to a certain degree. I mean, obviously, um, obviously, what's his uh, what's his name there, the the bad guy, the what was his name? I don't even remember. Throck. Is it Throck. Throck? So, sounds sounds about right. But, now uh, was he played by
3: Richard Mall? I noticed his name in the credits. No. Richard, Richard Mall was... played
1: the Abominable Snowman. Yeah, the
2: other. Uh, uh, Tonda and uh, John. John John Matusak, John Matusak, John Matusak, Matusak. Yeah. yeah, big John Matusak Who uh, actually, I I was looking for John Matusek films when I found this one, because uh, uh, John Matusak having having been in uh, he was in Revenge of the Nerds. Of course um he, he no, had uh, was he I'm pretty sure
0: he was what role <laughs> i don't remember Ogre. yeah
2: he was Ogre. no
1: that was no that was a different no. actor
0: was yeah it? that definitely wasn't john Matusak. Yeah. Right. yeah john Matusak so, yeah, was john, a john... football player in north dallas 40 so was the guy that played? Well, he was a real life
1: football player he played in the nfl anyway
2: yeah <laughs> moving along <laughs> He had. I knew. I knew he had been in many films, and he was most famous as a football player, which is why I was looking for films for, by him. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and just happened along a film starring Ringo Starr and him. Yes which good. I, yeah,
2: I looked. I looked at this ages ago for the for the show for something else, and then uh, you know just happened. It came across the list again.
1: Uh, uh, Donald Gibb, by the way, is who you're. Donald Gibb.
2: You're, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, also, would have accepted Donald Gibb uh, in. Uh, in this season.
1: <laughs> Even though he's been in like 14 movies we've already done. <laughs> right.
0: Also would have accepted Barbara Bach in this season. Nick's camera's on and it's
2: distracting me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Because of his handsomeness? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, clearly. Uh, well, I want to talk a bit about the tone of the film because – I think it, it draws a lot from silent film. There is a Buster Keaton film that uh, that takes place during you know caveman era that I happen to have watched pretty recently, and uh, I think so. Obviously, with a movie that only has like thirty words, thirty different words used in it, uh, it's uh, it leans on that pretty heavily. But it also feels quite cartoonish at times too. Like there's there's sound effect gags. There's like a there's a a dinosaur that. Uh, crows like a like a rooster and also howls like a like a wolf. Yeah, feel like
0: I'm alone <laughs> in a right now. No, I know. I, know. It's, I actually thought you were going to keep going. I
1: was hoping someone else would jump in at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then it's it's like a slapstick comedy. I
0: mean, I, I don't know. That's what it is, right? It's definitely a slapstick comedy. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, I think the thing is about this as a comedy is that I feel like the first half an hour, just it just takes a little while to get into the comedy and to understand the nature of the movie. And then once you kind of understand the nature of the movie, then the rest of it kind of progresses a little bit more apace, so to speak. But uh I found it interesting because as I was watching it, I was also having a conversation with somebody else. And I had mentioned oh, I'm watching the movie Caveman. And they said, oh, I just looked that up. It looks terrible. And- now, did they look that
1: up because you mentioned it, or did they look that up? Because they had to actually just looked that up.
0: No, no, it because be I mentioned. Coincidence. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be an amazing coincidence. You're right. I know. That's <laughs> what I
1: was thinking. I but was like, this uh, is
0: this is great. And but so and then I realized that as I was explaining away some of the some of the occurrences, and it's just like, oh, they just discovered fire. Oh, they just. You know, they just found a big egg and discovered that, uh, that how, how to make, you know, like a sunny side up sunny egg. Sunny side up, yeah. yeah. I freaking love that. Bit. And I suddenly <laughs> realized that the movie was actually more fun to explain to somebody than it was to watch. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I think the major problem and
3: the problem that the slapstick doesn't usually work in this movie is that you can't sympathize with the main character. Um, he doesn't do anything special. There's no redemption art going on. Um, he he just falls flat. In fact, anything remotely heroic that happens in this film is done by Dennis Quaid. That's true.
1: Yeah. Dennis
0: Quaid is great in this. Oh, he he is.
1: I guess Um, that's why he ended up in the role of Jaws 3D.
3: That's right. I mean, he, he, Ringo same, same refuses guy. Una's advances, who is obviously the better pick, Tala, and he keeps Tala. going after the the head woman's uh, uh, woman for Zug Zug. He's the very he a slimy guy. I couldn't sympathize with him. In fact, by, uh, by the end, I was sort of sympathizing with, with uh, the big, strong guy. I mean, <laughs> he didn't really do anything that bad in this movie.
1: <laughs> no, he really does. You know, as a hero to start with, anytime you start with, uh, hey, he's, uh, you know, taking advantage uh, sexually assaulting somebody, it's pretty hard to see him as a hero for the rest of the movie. Like, I don't but know. I think
3: just I, I could have relaxed a little bit and laughed a little bit more with because, I mean, the comedic books are good. Just if you don't like anybody, it's kind of hard to laugh, laugh at them. Yeah, well, he
1: did. He did show some heroic uh, some heroic uh, tendencies later on, but early on, every time everything he he keeps on saving them. And he does different things, but it's all like by accident, you know. Yeah. He he's he's just a klutz, but he does show some heroic tendencies towards the end of the film. But mm, like when they go and save, you know, uh, Dennis Quaid from the abdominal snowman and whatever, but um
2: as as an yeah, external I mean, into it though he 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 wanted Zug-Zug right then uh, yeah. well that's that's kind of his motiv- that's his uh kind of core motivation through the mm-hmm. bulk of the film yeah
1: was my core motivation too so i can't <laughs>
2: <you> know, <laughs> can't, can't fault can't right blame him for that
0: <laughs> i mean i mean it's it's impressive like for a moment there i actually wondered whether or not this even had a script for you know or if they just kind of Winged it throughout. Oh, it but, had a strip. but yeah, you realize, of course, with all the words like Alunda and Haraka and, and of course, you know, my favorite, Puka, you know, then, uh, and Zug Zug, of course. But, uh, you know, when you talk about all this stuff, it's just like, like, oh yeah, they're, they're using those words and boy, oh boy, are they using those words a lot.
1: You know. And here's the thing, the weird thing about this movie is, you know, we're going to be using Zug Zug for years now on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, like, it's going to, like, when you talk about memorable moments, it has a memorable phrase right there. Like, we're going to be, that's going to be coming up and referenced again and again.
0: Oh, well, and Puka's my favorite, you know, because it's just like the whole idea of, like, when I think of this movie, it's just like, this movie is Puka. What is uh, Puka in the movie? Puka is broken pain. <laughs> 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 this is like there's some that are good okay.
1: in in some theaters they handed out a pamphlet to people of the of the what the translations were for the thirty words used in this film, the thirty caveman words <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. which is pretty awesome I mean you know like those are the kind of things that would make this even more fun to go see in the theater, although. Ah, what do you think this would be like in the theater now? I mean, if you were seeing it do you do you think this would kind of be like the movie that you were seeing with a whole group of people who were all into it, or do you think this would be the movie that you were sitting there in the theater and everybody was like staring at it like, what the hell did I just get myself into?
1: Well, I mean, if the four of us went to go see it, we would have been the largest known <laughs>
2: gathering to see caveman so I, th- I think that, uh, I think that like silent film, it, uh, it relies on, on um, going into the world of the movie. Like, I, uh, you know, I, I wonder when you, when you say you were, you know, second screening while you're, while you're doing and while you're watching it, like it's, it's a, it's an almost entirely visual film. Um uh, so I think you need to, like, I, I think in the theater you would be completely immersed in that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like it, stri- it struck me partway through that I had forgotten that they weren't speaking, that they weren't using full sentences, that like you know they only have thirty words. Like it just went out of my head uh, because it's it's so f- like the physical acting and the small amount of words is conveyed with uh, uh, it's all through emotion and actual you know what you call acting. Hmm. <laughs> well, well,
1: supposedly, but I, I think that's where my my problem with the film comes in is is that you're you're doing a visual movie which requires acting, and even as Barbara Bach herself had said, they didn't, uh, you know, to the star, they didn't hire a well-established physical comedian like Dudley Moore, they hi- they got a musician, they got, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm not an actor to play that role, and and I think that's what hurts it.
2: I, I, don't, I don't know, I think that's selling Ringo's work in the Beatles movies short. Uh, he had done six or eight films by this point and was the lead in Hard Day's Night, which was basically like a a silent character. It was you know, him wandering around the the streets is a goodly chunk chunk of that film. It's a very But he's
1: still form. not he's still not an actor. If he was he wouldn't have qualified this film wouldn't
2: have qualified for the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's not, that so not that's true. He's not, he's not primarily, and I like that's that's a weird way to go direction to go. He's he's not first known as an actor, no. But but saying that it, this also wasn't his first film. This is like his sixth or eighth. No,
1: no it's not his first film. But he's not he's not he's not uh, one of the uh, top uh, you know comedic actors of of his era. Put it that way. Or physical actor like I, yeah, I'm like, sorry. I, like I think that's the problem. I, get, I
2: yeah. I, I, I get where you're going. Like I mean, this like I said, this was this reminds me a lot of uh, third age was the name of the uh, the Buster Keaton movie that uh, a third of the film is in caveman time. And that's very much what this reminded me of. But he, obviously, he's not a Buster Keaton. And um, you've got you've also got him up against really, really strong performers uh, like Dennis Quaid and Shelley Long, both uh, very good actors. Jack Guilford, who is you know, a classic actor. Um, yeah,
1: he's a he's a great Physical comedian actor, uh, yeah, and yeah, I and mean, Shelley Long is as far as a, a comedic actor, um, really, w- extremely good timing. She's really good in this role, you know. I mean, uh, apparently she got the role by auditioning by on, by only grunting, never <laughs> once. <laughs> Not talking English, saying that having her having her her uh, casting director or whatever to be told ahead of time that the following actress doesn't speak English, and then she came in on the grunting and <laughs> doing hugs and everything.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> so it worked. I mean, she got the role right. <laughs> but I think uh, I, I you're right that like the the best comedy scenes are actually Quaid and and Jack Gelford, who plays the the uh, the blind. Um, Father or person that's hanging out with Shelley Long? <laughs> yes, yes, Gog. He's hanging out with her. It's, not, it's never clear what their relationship is. It's, it's not really that important.
1: No, it's, I don't know. Zingo gets a chance to zug-zug with her, and he's like, "Nah, I'm good." I'm like, "You fool! <laughs> <laughs> you fool! I want to zug-zug Barbara Bach instead." I'm like, <laughs> "What? What? You're caveman? What keeps one from doing the other?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he he definitely wanted a monogamous relationship with uh with Lana, but uh but you know, she was obviously th- and I think and I think maybe this is the the thing is that once it hits the end, it completely morphs from being this this like wacky comedy to being like this paint by numbers you know that he's going to wind up with Tala and you know that he's going to dump Lana and and you know things are going to be happily ever after in that regard. And, and I mean that's not a problem in that regard. But yeah, you know, that's fine. A lot a of movies where, where I know what. Sure.
1: <laughs> a lot of movies where I know where where it's going. I I uh, I it doesn't hurt my enjoyment necessarily. But my question for you guys is, what did
2: Caveman teach you? <laughs> what did caveman teach me? I, I honestly, a, a a reminder of how visual a medium film is. Because <laughs> as as I said, I just forgot part way through that there's I mean much in the same way that when I watch a silent film there's a point where I just forget no one's talking. Um there's I just forgot that there's no, you know, speeches and lines of dialogue and confrontation narrative Ellie and um speeches between uh the uh between Ringo and the and the big bad. Uh it just uh the storytelling is really strong otherwise Ellie, just the way it is.
1: Okay. <laughs> it taught you know what it taught me that uh, the cavemen of 100 zillion years october 9th 100 <laughs> zillion years bc that uh if nothing else their facial hair was really well trimmed really kept <laughs> Dennis Quaid has absolutely no facial hair. The the beards are perfectly trimmed and coughed and look fantastic. I I think for cavemen, I I it's nice to know that nothing, if nothing else, that um you know your personal appearance was the most important thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it usually is. Grooming, yeah. I, I learned I, that. I
3: I oh. I learned that the ice age was a place, not a time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: good good point there. Good point. <laughs> And I learned that Get a you nearby can. Ice age. Yes, that you can <laughs> simply simply just crack somebody's back, and they learn how to walk upright immediately. Oh, that was awesome! <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's a, apparently, the, the you know the key to having a, a good back and good posture hugs.
2: Hugs. That's right. Hugs help.
0: Yeah, serious, serious, like, you know, big hugs. And and if you're Tonda, then you need about uh, four people standing on your back because you are that strong. (laughs) All right, we were ready to score this one? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, we were ready actually probably about 15 minutes ago.
2: (laughs) All right, in our search for the ultimate B-movie, we rate each film in five categories. None of these categories is objective quality. The first one is called Schlock Appeal, and we start with Stan.
0: I think that, uh, for me, this is one of those cases where for about the first half hour, I, w- I, you know, I wasn't really into the movie, maybe half hour to 45 minutes. And then in the last 45 minutes, I did, I did, you know, like you, I kind of got into it and forgot that, that there was no talking and that, you know, things were, and things were progressing nicely. And, and I enjoyed that. So it's not. It's not a sh- like there's a lot of schlocky stuff in it but of course it's a slapstick movie so I'm going to give it a 6 because it's not perfect but there's there's a part that I enjoyed.
3: Uh yeah this is this is a gimmick movie um which puts it pretty high on the schlock. Unfortunately it's kind of low on the appeal part of our score. Uh so 6 I think is the correct score.
1: Uh, I'm a little bit less. I I got a 5 on this one. It's it's lighthearted fun but it's only mildly fun. You know, I mean, I can't say any movie without the with with the the stop motion special effects that this one has it doesn't have some schlock to it, but it's not super high, you know. So, 5 for me.
2: I'm I'm kind of in the same area. I mean, it's uh it it doesn't quite commit enough uh to the schlock uh for me, but overall the concept has a lot to it and it's certainly um a film that I'd I had not actually seen it before now, but I had heard about it for many years because it just shows up on those kinds of lists. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, f- five for me as well. More heart than budget. Uh, did anyone see a budget? I, didn't I see
1: looked. Budget. I could not see a budget, no. Right. Um, we know it, at $16 million box office, it was considered a box office failure. So I'm guessing the budget probably is somewhere slightly above that, but that's just uh, an estimate.
0: I, you know, this is such an odd movie to score in that regard, just because, I mean, the the special effects are cheesy, the the whole like big eggs and stuff like that that they have, like they have all this stuff, and it's all cheesy and it's all fun in that regard. I think the the weird part is the hiring of Ringo Starr to me, and and I mean, Ringo Starr's a funny guy, but. It's it's just this odd moment of like wow you put a beetle in Cave van and, and it's so <laughs> kind of weird but uh so I don't really know where to go I feel like this is just a four though. That's you Nick.
3: Yeah no I'm I'm just contemplating taking for... all that in. <laughs>
0: yeah I just gotta gotta think about it for a little while.
3: Ah uh, actually I'm just trying to remember what we're scoring. <laughs>
2: More heart to budget. More Zug than budget.
3: Oh right, heart. Yeah, my, I had a train thought going there, and I lost it. Heart. Uh, actually, I always assumed because I, I, I've seen this on TV off and on over the years uh, that it was a passion project by Ringo Starr. Obviously, from the way you guys are talking about it, that is not the case. He was sort of a hired hand. Um, but. You know, you don't make a a movie with 30 words that nobody knows going in without a certain degree of passion. So, you know what? I'm going to go with a seven. There is
1: a certain sweetness to this movie, you know, uh, and innocence to this movie. I mean, uh, yeah, we we, we talked about the uncomfortable scene at the beginning, but there is certain, I don't know, quality to it like that, that it is, you know, a PG movie and – Really, yeah. The innocence is what gives it its heart to me that that manages to be there. So uh, I'll give it a seven.
3: Just, just it ha- you, you mentioned it's PG, which is a weird thing for this movie because mm-hmm. so much of the movie actually revolves around sex. Uh, yeah. Do you think but it, it would have worked a little sex. bit better with breasts?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, everything would.
2: Well, yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's uh, I think. Uh, Jack makes a good point that it's it's not a you know revenge of the nerds style uh, attitude towards sex. It is a it is like a, like I was saying a cartoonish approach. Like it's it's you know it's it's like the dog chasing a car. I don't know that like Bringo doesn't really know what to do with uh, Barbara Bach when he catches her. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, I think I'm kind of in that. <laughs> I'm in I'm in that zone. I was only gonna go uh gonna go a five, but um I'm going up one more because uh Ringo and Barbara Bach met on this film and are still married. That's so impressive, I yeah. I think that itself is uh, is worth an extra bonus point there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm still leaving a seven.
2: Yeah, I agree. like you're just retroactively one the six to a seven for you. Yeah, that's basically
1: <laughs> true. I as soon as I said seven, I wish I had said six. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what the fuck? A hard one to score again, just because I think that it's got, it's it's so. I mean, they're, these are designed to be like that. Now, the, I mean, I, you talked about or before the dinosaur rooster, uh, that made all the noises. I mean, that's great. What a great addition to the movie. Um, the sex scene by itself, in and of itself, is what the fuck, because the rest of the movie does not illustrate that the sex scene should exist in that regard. And I, but I think it is played for laughs. And I mean, there's so much, of course, when you've got him trying to push Tonda off and then, you know, Tonda with his, with his arm and leg around him and stuff like that. I mean, so of course it's, it's amusing, but, but just its nature almost doesn't fit in the movie. Um. I love Gog the Blind Man because he has just this amazing ability, even though he can't see, to actually sense things and kind of see them before they, just before they happen. And it's just like a few times there's these moments where it's just like his arm just goes up a couple of beats too fast for something. And it's just (laughs) like, um, he, he, when he
1: gets separated from them, he certainly finds them pretty easily for a guy (laughs) who
0: can't see he does a great job um i noticed with the score i loved uh when they discover fire and they they ripped off the spake Zarathustra in it i thought that was uh that was fun stuff um i love the fact that took um runs a very very progressive clan you know because it's just like they they have everything they they're allowing the women they and they even have a gay couple i thought this is fantastic i mean good work on you <laughs> And and then I enjoyed the caveman ice capades that uh, that occurred in the in the yeti's cave that was uh that was a lot of fun. I mean it's again a lot of its designed so it doesn't necessarily come off as what the fuck moments. I'll go with a 5.
3: Um for me the biggest WTF I think was the poop scene. Mm. The whole tribe steps in a giant giant uh, giant dinosaur turd of some sort and everyone's reaction other than making faces that it smells bad starts digging around and
0: yelling una the word for food well no because <laughs> no they were looking for the little the little person that they had as part of their tribe they thought that he was stuck in the poop but oh, he was he okay. was behind sorry did
3: not, no, no, did not get myself. that at all
0: yes yes he I was just
3: thought the reaction to poop was to immediately dive in and start rooting around in it
0: no no it isn't well uh, some people Uh, the other (laughs) thing
3: i noticed was his finger catching fire when they discovered fire actually him holding his finger long enough in flame for it to catch fire Uh, (laughs) people might have been more flammable back then (laughs) um, that was a little weird because it wasn't really played for laughs or anything Um. Yeah. This one's not
1: over the top for WTFs. I'm gonna go with a four. Yeah, a four is a pretty good score. I'm gonna go even one lower and go with a three. I mean, it's again, it's one of these things where we've seen this before with these slapstick type comedies, where it's really tough to have WTF because most of the moments are that's what they're that would be WTF in another movie are on purpose in, in this movie, and and so it's just all on purpose. The the one for me, I'll repeat. Playing bolero during the uh, <laughs> to me is just I can't get over that was a huge WTF. I'm like that's an odd choice, man. So that's that's it for me. I'm not uh, huge on this category, unfortunately.
2: The the music choices were uh, were quite uh, clever at times. And there's there's, there's a scene uh, right before the discovery of fire where they're they've kind of gathered together a new clan of uh, of misfits and. Uh, they all play and sing a song together that I swear to God is the Ewok song from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> jump, jump, <laughs> jump, jump. It sounds so much like Yub Yub, and it, it was
3: so familiar. I was trying to place it as well. I I did not go with that, but, but it's, with, with the
2: Ewok
0: song, but, but it was familiar.
2: It's two years earlier, which means the Ewok song would have lifted from this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which seems hard like, to believe, but <laughs> it's
2: like it just, but it really has that, uh, it really has that same, that same feel. Uh, the, we mentioned kind of briefly that there's a scene with uh, this like ridiculously giant egg that's about 15 feet long and uh, they're, they're, Ring, Ringo's group grabs it and then they have to hide out and the bad guys get it and then they drop it. Uh, and it falls on top of a uh, uh, like a hot spring kind of um, like it heated something coming up through this uh, hole in the ground and it cooks it uh, and then which is which is you know it's clever and funny it's cartoonish but then they 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 eat as much as they can and then they walk away with strips <laughs> of egg over their shoulder <laughs> like how do you carry that away like once you, know, you don't want to waste it I mean the, 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 like this is enough protein to get you through the next like three months. <laughs> but,
0: and I think, uh, uh, it's like the egg sweater, the egg scarf that they're wearing. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's just like a hunk of, uh, of carpet sample <laughs> that they put over their shoulder that's supposed to be cooked egg.
0: Uh,
2: so it's still only a five for me, though.
0: Memorable moments. Well, I mean, you know, you t- you totally sold me when it came to when it comes to Zug Zug and and Puga, like the words the words I mean the words that we remember because I mean of course we're doing a generally terrible job with the character names, so, <laughs> <laughs> but um. But it's just like when it comes to to a couple of the words, they're they're going to come back. Uh, you know, I'll remember the seeing the Ringo Starr Caveman movie. I won't necessarily remember the a lot of the parts in it. I don't think. Um, I think there's a there might be a decent sum that comes back up. Can't say which parts, but I'll go for a four. Uh
3: yeah, actually. Zug-zug, and the cutest freaking dinosaurs I've ever seen. <laughs> um, they're, they are darling little dinosaurs in this film. Um, the fact that there's no words in the film actually, I, I think, will make it less memorable. Um, but it was interesting, and, you know, what hit hit, I guess. So, uh, six.
1: This is a weird one for me, because I, I never saw this until right now, when we, when we did it for the podcast— but years ago when i was this came out when i was 8 years old and i was 8 years old and i went to my 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 parents had friends who had an older son who was 13 he was 5 years older than me and he had just come from seeing this and i was bugging him i'm like so is what you see caveman with Ringo star i had no idea what a Ringo star was i'm like ah i'm like is it going good he's like yeah it was all right I'm like, was it funny? Was it funny? Was anything funny? Tell me what was... And he's like, yeah, it was kind of funny. I'm like, what was funny? He goes, ah, there was a scene where they smashed a fly and it got all this gunk all over his face. It was hilarious. So i waited my whole <laughs> life to watch this one scene. Waiting in anticipation, knowing that <laughs> if nothing else, I'm going to have one hilarious scene in this. <laughs> and then it happens and I'm like, that was it? <laughs> so the impression this made on 8-year-old me is <laughs> a memorable moment. Compared to the reality, like the impression is a 10, the reality is a
0: 1. <laughs> well, especially the fly scene. Like I can understand if you That's talked about some hilarious. of the some of the dinosaur scenes, the egg scene nope. for sure, like if you'd mentioned nope. that. Fine. Nope.
1: The fly scene, which <laughs> is like really quick and yes. not
2: not uh, funny. anyways
1: yeah so i i don't know what to do with this but i will say the zug zug the the, the scene where they're singing and uh, i thought the the one effect that i really liked was the abominable snowman and and to tell you the truth richard Mull he did a really cool job like if you look at like the way he like moved his arms and walked and stuff like he put a lot of effort into that character i, I remember that i think that was a really cool character it'll stick in my mind so yeah, he, uh, he
3: had like like movements like uh, yeah. Like a puppeteer would. I, I was impressed by that as well. Yeah.
1: So six for me. I,
2: I was I was going to go a little lower on this, but then I, I used Zug Zug in a sentence so many times <laughs> since I watched the movie.
0: <laughs>
2: and, uh, and also uh, I have one of those like childhood type stories. The, the first time that I, I saw a dirty magazine was a Playboy that had one, and they had done a feature on, um, it was mostly like you know topless scenes in movies. It was like you know celebrity skin kind of uh, uh, feature in the magazine. But a, a photo of Barbara Bach uh, from Caveman was in that, and I and I had not seen any other Barbara Bach movie. But when I saw her later in uh, you know in the James Bond, I'm like, well, That's, that's the woman for that magazine. <laughs> for oh that, yeah. That in that Caveman outfit.
1: yeah it's really honestly it's it's not even so much that the caveman outfit is not the top it's when she was doing some cleaning or something and for no reason she was just shaking herself back and forth (laughs) doing it i'm like pretty much transfixed
2: so (laughs) yeah that's memorable all right up to a seven though for the zenzug and crazy concept
0: well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, when you when you talk about having, uh, you know, an incredibly slapstick comedy taking place in caveman times that that by itself, you know, that that earns some some score. All the stuff that's in it. I mean, you talk about the dinosaurs, you talk about the Zug Zug, you talk about the really the fact that you're selling a movie that where it's just like, so what what do they talk like? Oh, they have 30 words. That's pretty much the extent of it. And then it's just like, okay, well, who's your big star? We're going to get Ringo <laughs> star. And, and it's just like, really? <laughs> like, And you sold this as a concept, so I'm like, that takes the balls of steel right there, so I'm giving this a nine. Wow, I'd like to go
3: high on this, because, I mean, it is sort of crazy, but... Really, they were, they were planning on marking this with, the, uh, obviously with their choice of actor as like this avant-garde thing that would be probably be watched with like the head and all these other films, uh, in that seventies psychedelic, uh, thing going on. Um, but then again, it is also a silent film in, or not a silent film, a wordless film in an era that didn't do such things. So. I'm going with a seven.
1: I'm going to go with an eight. Uh, I think everything, I think the film itself is pretty pedestrian. Like, like once you get into it, we talk about like, like you can see where it's going, that, that he's going to end up with, uh, with Shelley Long and not Barbara Bach and all this stuff. Like it, like you could totally see, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to vanquish the the villain by the end. And like, it's, it's completely, extremely, uh, yeah, I think, I think pedestrian, but, then you then you get into hey we're gonna make a word without moves with a with a a guy who's best known for playing drums as the star and (laughs) all of that and we're gonna have stop motion animation but we're not gonna try and make it good because we're gonna try and make it funny so we'll get the guy who did some stop motion animation from flesh gordon and give him a co-directing credit and then deny him it uh (laughs) i don't know i think an eight is i think eight is good for this i think this is pretty damn crazy <laughs> i
2: i opened up the uh i was i was curious how they pitched this movie and so i opened up the the original movie poster there's a painted movie poster which is great uh the the tagline is back when you had to beat it before you could eat it <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh so it, it's like you know it's it's all of our main characters uh beating up a, a cartoonish dinosaur um and ringo's hitting it in the head with a with a with a stick um I'm 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 now distracted because Shelly Long has a frying pan.
0: Yeah, that's true. She does have a frying pan in this poster, and I mean I love this poster. It's it's one of my favorite. Amazing. We'll we'll put this in as the show image. Oh, they
2: did fry that egg, sort of. That's right. It's yeah, it's thematic, I guess. but uh, i i think i think all of the things you said i mean uh, making all of this pitch and then saying ringo star is uh that's balls of steel right there
1: and also uh, the fact i i know that he he has some comedic background but just the fact that the guy who's best known for writing the first three jaws movies is the is the guy who you choose to write and direct this film to me is a crazy concept that you trust to give him the money
2: for it so. <laughs> all right well that does bring uh Bring us to a grand total, and uh, the total's pretty respectable 59.5 out of 100. Uh, that puts it right below Class of 1999 and right above The Weird Man and uh, Revenge of the Nerds. And can I say it's
1: just
0: weird cause <laughs> Class
2: of 1999,
1: as you guys know, is the best movie we've done yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I, I just want to say, like, and, and maybe uh, maybe I should have bumped my WTF score up, but like the score being done by Lalo Schifrin, who did the Mission Impossible theme, Bullet, Enter the Dragon, Dirty Harry, you know, it's just like, <laughs> such a it's a weird weird group of people that they brought together <laughs> for this. it's just like <laughs> this guy is, is a, it's is a it's, great, it's like a. <laughs>
2: It's like the credits are a Mad Libs. They yes. just,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, everybody just—it's oh, like yeah. they all wanted to work together, and this was how they managed to do it. And That's because insane. of that, it doesn't necessarily work. But you know,
2: yeah, it was a writer strike, and that was the only script they could choose from. Wow. <laughs>
3: now, was Phyllis Diller on Skidoo at this point? Why wasn't she in this movie? She would have fit in perfect.
0: She actually would have fit in perfect. But, yeah,
1: she wasn't. in Scooby. It gadoo, would be good she. if
2: you had been in <laughs> do My, yeah, that's what <laughs> I was about to. Carol say Channing, you're Carol Channing. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Both I of them. I thought was in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Folks, we, we've been we've been recording these in the morning most of the time, and we're not recording this one in the morning. I think it's uh, I think all of our brains are uh, Swiss cheese from all the time travel. That's yeah, what, yeah. That's
1: what point yeah. We uh, the weird thing is, we're all still drinking. <laughs>
0: That's just the nature of the work. (laughs) Just never stops. Just never stops. (laughs) All right. Jim, 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 Jimmy, do some
2: business. All right. Well, we are sponsored by wetalkpodcast.com. That website is where you can go visit the Octagon, our ongoing list of uh, our search. You can also sort every film by its final score, but as well its, its score in each of the five categories that we mentioned earlier. Uh, we are also on Instagram at uh, Cult Film Showdown, and We Talk Podcasts as a Facebook, and they have a Twitter, and we would like you to uh, subscribe and review to the show wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Awesome! Yes. Well, this season, our 85 minutes of fame or shame, whichever uh, whichever you prefer, wraps up next episode with Stone Cold, starring Brian Bosworth, the the boss, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, And so you know it, it's it's always good to get a nice action movie in there because uh because we know that that action sells uh for this show, so otherwise um I think our pooked brains are probably uh probably not ready to go too much further so does anybody have anything else to add?
1: Don't forget, we'll also be checking our next – or giving our films for the next season, which is uh, – mm-hmm. I don't know if we have a name for it. What is it? Sibily the Best? So, Sibylins. Uh, <laughs> Sibylins. Sibilance. Okay. So, on Sibyl Danning. So uh, eight films of Sibyl Danny. We could call it Sibyl – we could call it the, the best Danning show ever. We could call it uh, a Danning show. Uh, we could call it uh, – uh, Sybil Danning. Next season, I have it. Sybil Danning causes the cult film down to masturbate. That would be a good title for next season.
2: I, I see. I, I want to do something with uh, with uh, a films of Sybil Danning, and there's you know the famous story of Sybil, the Sybil. the person with the multiple yes, personality. Yes, yes, and yes. Then I'm like, well, what's the what's the book that that's based on? Well, it's just called Sybil. That's not gonna work. Like, <laughs> eight films eight personalities yeah like it would have if if that thing had had a better name that <laughs> stupid book it had a, a more gripping title the many faces of eve for example I mean, <laughs> we could have we could have made that work <laughs>
0: uh well, well we'll deal with it as it is but uh let's let's get ready to go so uh so for jim and for jack and for nick i am your host eighth dan stanadu and thanks for listening to the cult film showdown The dawn of
4: civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting, wet, and sloppy. Caveman. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs a leader. Will it be Tonda? He is strong. How about Gog? Gog is out of sight. And Atuk? Atuk sounds good. Atuk will be the leader of the Stone Age. He will teach man to walk erect. He will discover fire. He will invent roast chicken. And fried eggs. Sunny side up. He will inspire the men. Zug Zug the
3: women.
4: Took yeah. Atuk Lana. Okay. He will protect them from all the beasts of the earth Ringo Starr, Barbara Bach, Dennis Quaid, Shelly Long. John Matuzak, Avery Schreiber, and Jack Guilford. Caveman. They don't call it the Stone Age for nothing.